0: Well, hi everybody, it is great to see you. A very warm welcome to uh, Kingsgate, whether you normally go to Kingsgate Peterborough, Cambridge, Leicester, London, or perhaps you don't go to Kingsgate at all, perhaps you don't normally go to church at all, you are especially welcome. It's uh, great to have this chance to share with you. Uh, we are living through strange times. Uh, we are all having to adapt to uh, new circumstances, to get used to the new normal. And it's been no different for uh, me, with my job, with my uh, wife Becky, working for the NHS, uh, our two little boys, Jack and Isaac. Uh, it's been all changed. We've had to get used to a new work regime, a new education regime. Uh, We've even had to get used to a new fitness regime. Uh, I know some of you have been doing this uh, as well, but every morning, 9 o'clock, we've been doing PE with Joe. I don't know if you've heard about this, but this is uh, Joe Wicks, the fitness guy, uh, does these half-an-hour workout sessions on YouTube every morning. So I've been doing that with my uh, little five-year-old boy, uh, Jack. And if you're a a parent of a, a young child, I do commend this to you. It's just a great way of managing that. Youthful energy, um, getting off a bit of steam and and cutting down on tantrums. Uh, And it's been useful for Jack as well. Uh, But Hilarious jokes aside, it has been difficult managing these new circumstances. And I know it's been difficult circumstances for many of us, and particularly uh, difficult circumstances for some of us. This is not a message, though, about the circumstances. As this is the lead up to Easter, this is a message about the cross. And what I want to encourage you to do is not to focus on the circumstances uh, nor to blind your eyes to the circumstances, but rather to ask you and encourage you to look to the cross and see the circumstances in light of the cross. And to help us do that, we're going to look at John chapter 19, verses 28 to 30, where it says this, "'Later, knowing that everything had now been finished, and so that Scripture would be fulfilled,' Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. So I have three things I want to encourage you to do today. I want to encourage you to look to the cross for your hope. Secondly, to look to the cross for your freedom, and thirdly, to look to, your cro- look to the cross for your security. So let me encourage you, number one, look to the cross for your hope. Do I think during these circumstances, many people just have this feeling of uh, despair, of kind of hopelessness in this time. And I want to encourage you to look to the cross for your hope. After all, the cross is a story of hope In the midst of despair. Just imagine you are one of the early followers of Jesus and you've watched this guy for three years. You've been following this man around, you've seen him give this wonderful teaching, you've seen him heal the sick, you've seen him open the eyes of the blind, open the ears of the deaf, you've even seen him raise the dead. You're convinced that this is your guy, this is somebody sent by God, this is the Messiah, this is your hope. And when he was sentenced to death on the cross what you were actually seeing as far as you were concerned literally was your hope being sentenced to death can you imagine how despairing how dark how hopeless that situation would have felt can you imagine that you might have been asking yourself where is god in this situation you know has this whole thing caught god by surprise and of course we know the answer to that question we know the answer is No, of course it hasn't caught God by surprise. God knew all along and had planned for this to happen. Not only that, God had actually told everybody that this would happen. You see, throughout the scriptures in the Old Testament, God had predicted, had prophesied that somebody would come who was going to suffer on behalf of the people. And God was talking about his only son. He was talking about sending Jesus. And we can see this in verse 28, as we read it in this uh, little passage that we've been looking at. John 19, 28 says this, later, knowing that everything had now been finished, and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. So We read that just at a casual glance and think, well, Jesus is thirsty and therefore he wants something to drink. But there's more going on than that. What John is telling us is that Jesus is saying, I am the fulfilment of these prophecies. You see, in Psalm 69, which is a prophecy about this coming one from God who will suffer on behalf of the people, we actually read this in verses 3 and 21. My throat is parched and gave me vinegar for my thirst. In other words, Jesus is saying, I'm the fulfilment of this prophecy. I am the one that was going to come and suffer on behalf of the people. I am the one that was going to come and die for the sins of the people. As it says in Mark 10, 45, Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. In other words, no, God has not been caught by surprise here. No, God is not out of control here. God had planned this all along to evoke Genesis chapter 50, what they intended for evil, God intended for good, that many lives would be saved. In other words, this was all part of God's great plan to send Jesus to die on behalf of his people for their sins. Actually, what we're watching here is not the death of hope, but rather hope in action. This is our eternal hope because Jesus died for our sins. We can have eternal life in him. And so as we look to the cross, okay, our temporary circumstances right now might mean we're, we're lacking temporary hope. It might, it might mean that actually just over the circumstances as they are at the moment, there's despair and so on. But we can always look to the cross and see that we have eternal hope, that Jesus died for our sins and has purchased us eternal life. God is still in control. But not only can we look to the cross and see we have an eternal hope, We can also look to the cross and see that God is the kind of God who brings hope in the light of despair, that brings hope when situations appear to be hopeless. And haven't we seen that with the whole pandemic going on at the moment? I think we have, right at the top level of our country. You know, you think about our politics for the last few years, it's been pretty vitriolic, pretty adversarial. But actually at the moment, there seems to be a different spirit going through the country. Actually, the political parties coming together towards a common goal. And we've seen it in our communities as well. I don't know about you, but we were out there clapping on our doorstep for the NHS the other day. Wasn't that moving, seeing everybody come together? And not just clapping on their doorstep, but the best part of a million people at the time this is uh, going out, have actually signed up to volunteer for the NHS. And just around our local community, we've been going out for our walks and as we pass people by for our daily exercise, they've been saying stay safe. There's this sense that our local communities are coming together. And we were sharing in our online life group last night, life group leader Miriam was asking us, you know, what blessings have you had in this time? You know, not saying that uh, any blessings we have mean the whole circumstance is worth it or anything like that, but just saying that God is bringing blessings, bringing hope through these circumstances. And I recalled the fact that actually just the other Monday, it was my uh, little boy Isaac's third birthday. And so we were able to have his third birthday party at home. We would have invited you all, but unfortunately the Prime Minister said you weren't allowed to come. Uh, But we just had a wonderful time together. And I said to Becky, I will always remember Isaac's third birthday. Because even though it was on a Monday, I was able to be home for it instead of being at work. And my boy Jack uh, was not at school for it. And we just had the most lovely family day. These little blessings, these little hopes springing out of this despair. But not only can we see this hope, actually as the church we can be this hope in these times of hopelessness. And I've seen that. I'm a group pastor through my life groups. They've been doing some wonderful things, you know, blessing the community, doing collections uh, for the food bank, helping people out in financial crisis, those who've lost their jobs, reaching out to people. And you know, every single one of us can actually be the hope of God in this time by sharing the message of Jesus Christ. And if you're thinking, how do I do that when I'm not allowed to get out there and so on and we're on lockdown? Well, we have an opportunity to invite people to the Easter services next week. Yes, we can't meet here in the Kingsgate building, but we can send out links and invite people so that in the comfort of their own home, amidst all these difficult circumstances, what might seem hopeless, we can offer them, as Dave's going to really go for it in an Easter message, we can offer them the eternal hope of Jesus. So I ask you to look to the cross for your eternal hope, but also to see that God is a God who brings hope amidst despair in this season. Look to the cross for your hope. Secondly, let me encourage you, look to the cross for your freedom. Look to the cross for your freedom. I don't know about you, but I've been struggling somewhat dealing with this whole notion of being in lockdown fact I've just been fantasising about enjoying my freedom just in in very simple ways things I've always taken for granted things like just being able to go to a coffee shop with my family for example or even some things I don't particularly enjoy like going shopping or something like that and I've been thinking about these things and thinking won't it be lovely to be able to enjoy that freedom in the future well I can't tell you when we'll be able to do that I can't tell you when lockdown will be over but what I can tell you is if the, you will look to the cross, you will see that Jesus Christ on the cross purchased a much greater and deeper freedom than being able to go to the coffee shop or the shops or any of those things like it. If we look in uh, verse 29, we see something of an allusion to this. It says, A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. The Passover was a festival which took place every single year and the central part of the Passover festival was actually a meal. The Passover lamb was to be uh, eaten and people would celebrate around this meal. It was to commemorate the actual event of the Passover which had taken place hundreds of years before in the life of the people of God. At that time, the people of God were in captivity. They were living under slavery in Egypt. And God freed them that slavery by bringing judgment over Egypt, but sparing the people of God because they, according to his instructions, had sacrificed the Passover lamb and then daubed the blood of the Passover lamb on their doorposts. So that when judgment went over, when God saw the blood, he would pass over, hence pass over that house and they could thus escape to freedom. Now, why am I talking about Passover? Well, because John makes clear throughout his gospel that actually the Easter story, the story of Jesus's death, burial, and resurrection is a Passover story. It's our true Passover story. Jesus is the real and true Passover lamb. Actually, Jesus was dying on Good Friday at the very time that the Passover lambs were being killed in the temple. John is pointing and saying, look, Jesus is the Passover lamb. And there's a little allusion to it in verse 29 that we just read. When they daubed the blood of the sacrifice on the doorpost, they offered up the blood to the doorpost using a hyssop plant. And when Jesus says he's thirsty and they offer up the wine vinegar on a sponge, they offer up the sponge on a hyssop plant. Again, John's just giving us a little hint that Jesus is the true Passover lamb. And just as those people of God at the time when they were in slavery in Egypt, they were in slavery, they were under the penalty of judgment, but they could go to freedom because of the death of the Passover lamb and because they were sheltered by his blood, so can we, under the penalty of the judgment of sin and enslaved to sin, we can go to freedom because of the death of Jesus, the true Passover lamb, and because we are sheltered by his blood. So because he has died, he has purchased our true freedom from sin. We need never face sin's penalty. We need never be condemned. We need never be enslaved to the bondage of sin. This is our Passover story. This is true freedom. If we will look to the cross in this time of lockdown, we can actually get a revelation of this and be more free than we've ever been in our lives. So if you think about it, You can be free to go to the coffee shop and to the shops and things like that, but actually still internally be in captivity, be in lockdown. You can be enslaved to things like insecurity, people-pleasing, anxieties, maybe actual addictions to things like people-pleasing or actual real substances. And conversely, if you look to the cross and really get your freedom in Christ, you can be in total outward external-looking lockdown, but can be truly free on the inside. This is why church history is just littered with examples of people who, though they were imprisoned, though they were in lockdown, were actually truly free. In fact, we need look no further than the Bible itself. One of my favourite books of the Bible is the Letter to the Philippians, written by the Apostle Paul. It's a beautiful letter. If you've got time this afternoon, why don't you read it? It is the Letter of Joy, sometimes called. Joy just bouncing off every single page. You know where the Apostle Paul wrote that letter? He wrote it from lockdown. He was actually in prison. Just the last year, I've been studying the book of Revelation. What a wonderful revelation it is. You know, we see uh, the uh, Apostle John, the same writer we're looking at today, getting this wonderful vision of the throne room of heaven. And on top of that, this wonderful vision of freedom right at the end, the new heavens and the new earth actually coming down. A glorious picture of freedom. Where was John when he got this revelation? He was in lockdown on the Isle of Patmos. See, those are people who truly got what it is to be free in Christ. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. To be free in Christ is to be free indeed. And because they understood that, they were truly free, though they were in lockdown. So why not use this lockdown period to really go for that freedom? Some of you may have heard of the Chinese Christian, Brother Yun. I remember I read his book, Heavenly Man, shortly after becoming a Christian and found it just a wonderful story. At one point in the story, he's actually in prison for his faith. It was the time in China when Christianity was illegal. And he was put in prison and every outward restriction was put on him. He was in total lockdown. And they were very cruel to him in the prison. In fact, at one point, they were essentially punishing him by making him clean out the septic tank. He said he was actually up to his knees in human filth. And do you know what he said when he was going through that horrible lockdown, that horrible punishment? He said that that was one of his favourite jobs when he was in prison because he was so disgusting and smelly and all that that none of the guards would come near him and therefore he was free to praise God as loud as he could. See, that is a man who understands the freedom that Jesus purchased on the cross. All the outward restrictions were on him. He was in total lockdown and yet he was totally free. Use this lockdown season to meditate on those truths and really find your freedom in Christ. Look to the cross for your freedom. And third and finally, let me encourage you, look to the cross for your security. Uh, We read in verse 30, when he received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now, many of us during this time, are perhaps just feeling insecurity, feeling fear and other times than this. It's not just something uh, in this particular circumstance, but maybe this circumstance is exacerbating this for you. You know, you're just thinking, when is this going to end? You're fearing for the future. You're feeling insecure. Well, again, I'd love to have a news flash and tell you when lockdown is going to end and tell you when there's a vaccine and so on. And tell you when these temporary circumstances will be over and we can have more temporary security like we had before while I can't do that, what I can do is say that if you will look to the cross, you can find your eternal security. And again, you can get a revelation of this to really understand your eternal security in this time. And we can see this in verse 30 in just those three words that Jesus used. It is finished. In fact, it was just one word written in the original uh, gospel language in the original Greek there. It was the word tetelestai. And it is a beautiful word, a rich word, just packed with meaning. As C.H. Spurgeon said, an ocean of meaning in a drop of language, a mere drop. But no question, one thing that it means is not just it is finished or it is complete, but it means paid in full. We know this because it was actually written in the ancient world on merchants' bills. When the debt was there present, when the debt had been discharged, when it had been paid in full, they would write tetelestai on it to say paid in full. And what Jesus was saying on the cross is that the sin debt is paid in full. Whenever we commit a sin, we are building up a debt that we owe to a holy God. And that debt is going to cause us a problem when we die and we meet God and he asks us to give an account for the life that we have lived. And what Jesus is saying is actually every penny of that debt has been paid in full on the cross. Um, When I was uh, a child growing up in the 1980s I remember every Sunday evening as a family we would gather around the television and we would watch uh, the TV show All Creatures Great and Small, some of you older uh, people uh, might remember it, the TV adaptations of the the books written by James Herriot who was a vet who lived in North Yorkshire and he told his tales about being a vet uh, in the 30s, 40s and 50s and so on. It's a lovely relaxing thing to watch with the family. We had a family connection because I was actually born in North Yorkshire in that same town where he practiced and in a fit of nostalgia just a few years ago I got hold of these and I started watching through these TV episodes again. And one episode stuck in my head as I was watching it back. There was a a time when uh, James in the episode was going to celebrate his anniversary with his wife, Helen. And he booked a restaurant, turned out to be much more expensive than he was expecting. And they all got suited and booted, ready to go. And such is the life of a vet at that time, that actually when they were driving to the restaurant, they had uh, a little um, errand to run on the way, uh, which being a vet was that they had to take a goat and they had to actually deliver that goat from the back of the car to a farmer's field from which this goat had escaped. So they did just that along the way. And then they went to enjoy their anniversary meal. They got champagne, they had a wonderful time together. And at the end of the meal, the waiter came. And as James saw him coming up, ready to ask them to settle the bill, he opened up the coat of his dinner jacket and realised to his horror that the goat they had taken on the way to the restaurant had actually chewed his way through the inner lining of James's jacket. And not just that, had actually chewed up his checkbook. So this was the bad news. James was there having built up this debt but now he had absolutely no means to pay this debt. But then came the good news. As he confessed this to the waiter, the waiter said to him, don't worry, sir, the debt is settled in full. The bill has been paid. All you have to do is sign. And he put before James a bit of paper, gave him a pen ready for him to sign. At that point, James realised what had happened, that his eccentric boss and friend, Siegfried Farman, had actually phoned up earlier in the week and said, my friend and his wife are coming for their anniversary meal. Whatever they have, it's on me. I'll pay for it all. So the bad news was that James had this debt, but he had no way that he could possibly pay it. But here came the good news. Somebody had gone before him and had paid every penny of the debt in full. And that, my friends, is what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross. We had this sin debt that we could never possibly pay. And yet one came before us, Jesus Christ. And on the cross, he paid the price for our sins. He paid every last penny. Many Christians go around with a feeling of insecurity as though Jesus said, paid in part. He didn't. He said, paid in full. So whatever else happens over these next weeks or months, I can't tell you. But I can tell you that if you come to the cross come to know Jesus as your saviour, that over the next thousand or million years your eternal security is safe and secure in him because he paid every penny of that debt. He paid a debt he didn't know to free you from a debt you couldn't pay. Look to the cross for your eternal security and perhaps you're watching on and you've never made that decision, you've never come to Jesus to make you safe, to make your eternity secure, to give you that eternal hope, to bring you freedom? Well, if that is you, I'd love to give you the opportunity to pray with me right now. So if you want to follow along with me and mean these words from the bottom of your heart, you can come to know Jesus as your saviour today. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me. Forgive me for the things that I've done wrong. Come into my life, give me eternal hope Give me freedom, secure my future, and I will do the best to follow you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen.